Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the backstory behind every book. Joining me today is Dr. David Evans. He's here to talk about his book, Love and Honor, Marriage for Peace. Dr. Evans worked in the field of medicine. He specialized in pathology and sexual health medicine. After his retirement, he studied humanities at the University of New England in Armandale, Australia. He presented the core article of his thesis on romance tragedy with a special focus on northern India and Nepal after 1993 at the Asia-Pacific Peace Research Association Conference in Kathmandu. David, Welcome to Books on Air. It is such a pleasure to have you as our guest today. Thank you very much. I'm so pleased to be with you today. You know, books have two stories. There's the story that the reader gets when they read the book, but there's always a story behind the book. And I know that there's a story behind Love and Honor. Would you share that story with our listeners? Certainly. There was a moment of awareness, and it happened in 1993 when I read of an Indian man who hanged his son in public with the police watching, and I could not understand it. And later, after all my study, I realized it was an offense to the culture and the need for preservation of culture. But it led me to doing this research project, which took me a long time, and I'm pleased it took me a long time, uh, learning about the culture, about the scenarios, and eventually developing a step to peace process through the stories related to this phenomenon. The phenomenon is the Romeo and Juliet phenomenon, and you cannot argue with a phenomenon. I think this book, I had no idea. As I began to read the book, I was, I was quite surprised to learn that people die simply because they love another person that their family might deem inappropriate. Am I saying that correctly? Is that what happens? Yes. Yes, that is right. I could not understand it. And that led me to wanting to study it further. And it's been quite a very exciting process because I had to study um, love legends all around the world. And in my book, is the one happy one, and that comes from um, New Zealand, Aotearoa, the story of uh, Hinamar and Tutanakai, where the father, the chief father, instead of uh, fighting a war over his daughter, uh, gave in and allowed her to marry her lover, which was a forbidden relationship. How did you do your research into this culture? How, what kind of resources did you use, David? Well, it started with press reporting. 
and that's the way I followed it through. And that's where, uh, through my family contacts, especially my wife, this Indian man, Dilawar Chetsing, who's a beautiful bicultural person uh, with Indian father, English mother, living out his life in Delhi, he, he was my mentor because you need a minder, a mentor, when you look at a different culture. And I would get so excited by these letters from India with press clippings of further examples of the scenarios that have been happening. And these, the press reportings was a new event that started in 1993. I mean, the global reporting. Previously to that, the events were all happening, but were only reported locally and ignored in the general population. But the coming to world attention through the media led to really new awareness and response from the community in India. And there's been a, uh, a movement forward, mainly supported by, um, by women in, uh, in India who have led to insisting on reforms and the reforms have come. And in my book, there is a, one chapter about a high court judgment where uh, even though I do not approve of um, capital punishment, a deterrent was necessary and they instituted, they recommended, the high court recommended uh, a capital punishment. Now, India has a ruling about capital punishment or has a, an approach to capital punishment only to be used in the rarest of the rare circumstance. And even though death sentences have been awarded, um, they probably will never be carried out and be commuted to life, uh, life uh, imprisonment. Or what does happen there is they keep bringing it back for review until a judge is more favourable and gives a more lenient sentence. You know, having a person who is an insider in the culture had to give your research a lot more validity and he could also explain to you some of the intricacies of what you found in your research that might not have been obvious. Is that a fair assumption? That is a very fair assumption. And in all sorts of ways, um, he has helped me. And in the book, I've explained how he uh, told me more about the cat. Uh, who are the people who would make the proclamations in the village that this couple must separate or be killed. Now, I wanted to know more about the cat, and Delawa has pointed out to me their important role in preserving, preserving the culture and fighting for their rights with all the invasions that have happened in India uh, with the uh, Muslim moguls who moved in and the... Um, outstanding conflict between Hindu and Muslims. This, how long did this take you to research, David, before you felt like you had enough to put into oh. a book? <laughs> I, I never felt I had enough, but I had to come to a conclusion. I chose, I was given a four-year PhD, which I took half-time. So I spent a long time accumulating the stories 
and what was becoming available. And what's more, it was good that it took a long time because the reportings peaked in 2012. And that sort of seemed a natural point to uh, write more about it. Can you give our listeners a, a thumbnail overview? I mean, I think this is almost asking you an impossible question, but can you give them a broad overview of what the book is exactly about? The book is about progress and societal change. And it points out the steps between the initial lethal violence to the intermediary step of nonviolence, which has a couple of ex- couple of um, examples uh, that uh, I think are very relevant. And one of them is a cat leader said, the couple should have left home and never come back. This is an intermediary step. And in the legality of the situation, uh, social, social separation is a legal possibility where you can say to somebody, I don't want to see you again. But the other one was from a Hindu uh, family where they tried to prevent their daughter marrying a Muslim over a 10-year period. And, in, and when they eventually gave in, uh, the father said, we will never see them again, but we will not become violent. And that is such a significant step. Now, this separation is a legal option. But the point is to move on from the, the, uh, that point of having nothing to do with people. Move on into acceptance and then reconciliation. And in the end, uh, to celebration. And that's why my chapter on Nepal, um, I think is, I've described it as a gospel in a nutshell. While I was there, in a short period of time, I saw reportings of village violence related to uh, forbidden marriage. A second one was an interview uh, with a couple who left home, separated, but were welcomed back. And the third, the third item is a press reporting where the, where the journalist said, I could not believe I got an open invitation to an intercaste marriage, which is usually, usually hid under the carpet. So there's, it's, what it's about is the steps in progress. And progress takes a very long time. Change attitudes that um, have been part of your culture um, that you've grown up with and accepted as norm and to change them um, takes a very long time and a lot of goodwill. I believe that you have a summary portion of the book that you would like to read and share with our listeners. Is that right? That's right, yes, yes, yes. Please do. Okay. Um, I've said the burden of my, of my work has been to look for social progress in relation to romance tragedy and define the steps necessary to work on violence to acceptance and celebration. I took part in a, a three-minute PhD competition and 
which has the brief to give a focused account of your thesis. And so I said, how do we view progress? Firstly, every culture has wonderful, legendary, romantic stories. I could digress here because I said to a Thai man, do you have a Romeo journey story in your culture? And he said, yes, of course, but the West does not know about it. Limits by law is a story. Now, secondly, every culture has its marital taboos, as we do, but they can be very severe, as have been in India. Now, the third one is romance is unconditional. And this is refer, um, referring to the phenomenon of Romeo and Juliet type um, uh, love affairs, which, are, which will happen everywhere and continue to happen. And you cannot argue with the phenomenon as it is. Now, the next one is human rights are allowed or withheld by the society or family within which a person lives. And that's a very general statement, but it applies to all of us and where um, it's a severe uh, not allowing of human rights or a minor one. But it's true that to live happily within your society and family, there are social rules you need to follow. Now, my next point was nonviolence is the first acceptable endpoint. And I've spoken about that. Um, as you can go your own way, that's legally possible. But you're missing out on the better alternative. Then I've said that effective law and order is imperative. That's why I referred to the High Court judgment in India, uh, where they, need to, they needed to bring in a deterrent to people who would kill uh, people in their village. Now, next one is family estrangement remains a legal option. And anywhere, someone can say, I don't want to see you again. But that's an option. But reconciliation is good and can happen at any time. Acceptance, which may involve surrendering previously held convictions, is very good. But the final one is welcome and celebration is ideal. And I concluded with saying our responsibility is to tell the stories and spread the word. I think this is such a powerful, revealing book and so interesting. It it gives an insight into an area that many of us in Western culture had really no idea about. And I'm sure that our listeners are wondering where they can find the book. And let me tell them that it is on Amazon. And it's very easy to find on Amazon. All you have to do is go to the Amazon website, and there's a search feature at the top of the page. Here is the title of the book, Love and Honor. And honor is spelled H-O-N-O-U-R with a question mark after it. And then there's a colon, Love and <coughs> Honor, question mark, colon, Marriage for Peace by David D. Period E. Period Evans, E-V-A-N-S. Put that in your search feature, click on it, and it will take you right to the book. You can purchase 
the book on that page and you can also read an excerpt. As you look at the book, if you look at the, the representation of the cover, in the upper right-hand corner, you see two words, look inside. If you've never done this before, simply click on those two words and the book opens. Not not physically, but it opens electronically. And there's a very neat, you can see the whole table of contents. You can see how much research David has put into this. And you can also read an excerpt of his work. Now, David, there are people who do not wish to get their books from Amazon. Is there another source where they could purchase your book? I usually look it up under Balboa Press. Um, but um, uh, I think that's the main site. Um, Now, you have a couple of websites, I believe, that you wanted to talk about, and I think the book is available on one of those websites. Am I correct? That's right. Let's give the addresses of the websites and then tell the listeners what's there and how they can purchase the book from the website. My first website is www.ddeevans.org and that takes you to my PhD research. There are buttons on that, on that page and the small book leads you straight to purchasing the book from Balboa Press. The second website is https colon forward slash forward slash ddeevans1.com and the title is David D. E. Evans Memoirs. And there is a, a, a lot of things that I have put up there, but the first post takes you to uh, this book. Wonderful. Now, you're also doing some social media. Tell me about the social media that you have planned. Well, um, I'm not very familiar with social media, but I see it as a need that I have to do. And with the help of my family, I'm intending to set it up soon. So you've got a Facebook page that's under construction, basically, correct? I, that's right, yes. Now, I always like to let an author have the last words about their work. And when a work is as important as your work is, I think that's doubly, doubly true. I think that the author, you needs to say the last thing about your work because it's so personal and it's so revealing. It's just, I was so shocked by so many of the things I read. When our listeners become readers and they purchase a copy of Love and Honor and they read it, and they, for the very last time, close the back page, either electronically or physically, what is the main idea? What is the main thing that you want that reader to take away from your book? Well, I have a story. <laughs> Good. 
a friend of mine who I showed it to opened it and read the last sentence. She says she gets a idea what the book's about from that last sentence, which is the last sentence of my conclusion. Leading reform requires huge personal sacrifice. That's perfect. David, this has just been so informative, and it's been such a pleasure to talk with you and to have you as our guest on Books on Air. Thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it greatly. Now remember, you can find Love and Honor, Marriage for Peace by David D. E. Period Evans on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I really hope that you'll join me for the next Books on Air podcast, because remember... You never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.